Welcome to the IP Obsessed podcast with the IP Duo, where we discuss the intersection of intellectual property and our lives. We will share real life stories, common mistakes and misconceptions, as well as successes. Whether you're a founder, an investor, an inventor, or an executive of a Fortune 100 company, intellectual property is everywhere, and it's vital for success of any business. I'm Michelle Ciotola. I'm a trademark and copyright attorney. I help companies build and protect their brands and creative content. And I'm Tina Dore, and I'm a patent attorney and a PhD chemist, and I help companies protect their inventions. Together, we're the IP duo. Welcome to our pilot episode of the podcast, IP Obsessed. Tina and I have been working on getting this podcast off the ground for some time now, and we're really excited to finally get this going. So the first question, why are we doing this podcast? Well, the answer is simple. We love IP. We are obsessed with IP. And we like to make IP easily digestible and accessible to everyone. So what is IP? IP includes several different things, patents, trademarks, copyrights. And so as the patent half of the IP duo, Tina, can you tell our listeners what are patents? Thanks, Michelle. Uh, Yes, so patents are one type of IP or intellectual property, and people kind of get those terms mixed up sometimes, but um, patents protect inventions, and they protect them for uh, a discrete period of time, and that's 20 years from the time of filing of a patent application, and uh, the right that it gives you is is a tangible piece of property that gives you the right to exclude or stop others from making using, uh, selling, or importing into the United States your invention. There are a couple of uh, different types of patents. Um, There's actually a third type of patent, but we won't go into that today. There's the two high-level classes of patents are utility patents and design patents. The utility patent is the patent that most people are familiar with, and the utility patent generally protects the way an invention works. Uh, while a design protects the way something looks. And so for example, we'll just take um, Coca-Cola. For example, I've got a little Coca-Cola can. Everyone's familiar with Coca-Cola. We'll be coming back to this as an example of uh, various types of IP uh, in this podcast and in subsequent podcasts. Um, So first of all, you can, uh, Coca-Cola, I believe I just looked this up, has about 7,000 patents. Um, and they have utility patents and they have design patents and, um, the utility, their utility patents, they have a lot that protects the dispensing machines, um, the data processing that they, they do for the machines. Um, you may have heard that the Coca-Cola, the formula for Coca-Cola is not protected, uh, under a patent is protected under a trade secret. Um, that is true. And that's because the formula for the Coca-Cola drink changes over time. And so there's reasons to not file for patent protection for something that you want to keep internally and, you know, for something that frequently changes over time. And we'll we'll dive into that topic in subsequent podcasts. Um, Designs, on the other hand, protect, as I mentioned, the way something looks. And you can kind of think of Michelle has this, uh, has a Coca-Cola bottle and the Coca-Cola glass bottle is a very distinct design. It's something, 
everyone, even if you're not watching us on video now, uh, you're familiar with that uh, design of the Coca-Cola bottle. Uh, so that's patents. Um, now, Michelle, what are trademarks and copyrights? Great. Thanks, Tina. So you can think of a trademark often as a brand. So it can be a word, name, symbol, slogan, or device. It can be a packaging design. It could be color, sound. It can be touch. It could be even smell. Any combination of these things that can identify the source of the goods or services. Um, so I'm going to use the Coca-Cola example. So this is a really great example when we're talking about uh, trademarks because there's so many different types of trademarks right here on this one bottle. So the word or name Coca-Cola is an example of a trademark. Not only that, but also the, the way that the Coca-Cola script is written, it's iconic. Everybody recognizes that script as the source, as, as the product is coming from, from Coca-Cola company. Um, so those things identify the source of the product. Uh, other examples are the package design. Uh, you know, Tina was talking about this, the design of the Coca-Cola bottle, but when you see this iconic shape, you again, understand that this is coming from Coca-Cola. Um, so the things to really re remember when we're talking about a trademark is that it's really anything that is going to indicate the source or origin of the goods or services. So you can talk about, uh, you know, the Coca-Cola. So we know the soda that's coming from from Coca-Cola, but also trademark or otherwise known as service marks can also identify uh, if you're offering services. Uh, and, and the idea is that it's working to assure consumers of the quality of the goods or services with that mark on there. So it's designed to protect both consumers and the brand owners. So that's trademarks in a nutshell. And we're gonna dive a little deeper into what trademarks and what branding is in future episodes. But then we're gonna also look at, at copyright. Uh, copyright is the creative content. It's really, it's the expression of an idea. It's not the idea itself, but the expression. So when you think about uh, books, movies, artwork, photographs, jingles or commercials. So think about, you know, the Coca-Cola, the um, commercials that you might see, the advertisements, uh, the, the one that always comes to mind for me is the, the Coca-Cola polar bears. That would be protected by copyright. Um, or the wonderful music that we had in our introduction, which uh, shout out to our colleague, George Pelletier, for putting that together. Um, that music would be covered by copyright. Thanks, Michelle. Um, so that's the, those are the different types of IP at a high level. Um, now, for this pilot episode, we wanted to just talk at a high level about IP, but then we also wanted to share some interesting facts about ourselves. Um, Michelle and I have known each other for about 10 years, um, but believe it or not, we've only probably met five or six times in person. We work in different offices at the same firm, uh, with her being in Hartford, Connecticut, and me in Atlanta. And sometimes you can tell by the way that we're dressed, although today we're uh, not dressed too differently. I actually had a, a meeting today, so I'm wearing a jacket. Yeah. Well, I have like a cashmere, like or wool sweater on. So I don't know that yes, you would wear in Atlanta. <laughs> <laughs> um, we, besides being different uh, IP attorneys um, and working in different departments, um, we do have a, a lot of things in common. We um, have sons who are almost the same age, five and six years old. 
Michelle also has two older sons. I don't know how she does it. Um, and so we wanted to share some interesting facts about ourselves. And we were tossing around the ideas of, you know, talking about our, you know, professional paths. And maybe we'll share a little bit of that. But I always think it's more interesting to hear just random trivia, surprising facts about people. Um, so, Michelle, putting you on the spot, what are three things that people would be surprised to know about you? You're, you're chair of our trademark department. Um, you're an accomplished professional. But what are three things about you that people would be surprised about? Okay, well, that's a, that's a tough one, Tina. Um, well, since the title of our show is IP Obsessed and we're the IP Duo, I'll start with um, how that has um, kind of infiltrated the lives of my children. Uh, my 12-year-old son, Brady, is uh, he's an inventor. He is always tinkering. He's always thinking about things. He has assigned me trademark searches. He wants when he's come up with ideas so that I can um, I can clear his brands, um, which is uh, we'll talk about what that entails uh, in another episode. Um, he's had very robust discussions with his younger sister, Ani, about whether or not her ideas are really going to constitute copyright infringement. <laughs> But I think the most interesting thing is that as an inventor, Tina is his patent attorney. So that's the that's the first thing I think people would be most surprised to know about me. Um, let's see. The second thing, um, I'm a cheerleading coach. And I, if you know me, I think that's what's really surprising because I am an absolute introvert. I did not cheer in high school. I didn't cheer Ever, the very thought of it would probably make me sick to my stomach if I go back in time. But um, it's something that I decided to do when my daughter asked me to 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 start cheering or start coaching her cheer her cheer squad. I stepped up to the plate, and it's really been a wonderful experience because I've you know I've learned a lot about cheer, but I've learned a lot about um, myself as a leader, as um, you know, as a motivator. Uh, and it's been a great bonding time with my with my daughter and her friends. Okay, the third thing, uh, when we were talking about this, I think this one maybe took Tina a little by surprise. So I think this really constitutes uh, something that would surprise people to know about me is um, I'm, I'm probably crunchier than you you might think. Uh, yeah, I do. I do a little bit of like holistic uh, stuff. I do. I use uh, aromatherapy. I even have like a necklace on right now with with some essential oils. Um, I've been known to to use tea when my kids complain about stomach aches. Um, and I was definitely I'm definitely kind of a little earth mothery when it comes to raising my kids. So I, I hope that answered your question, Tina. Yes. <laughs> Great answers. Uh, so, well, you put me on the spot. I'm going to put you on the spot. Uh, what are three things that people will be surprised to know about you? Uh, I feel like mine are not as interesting as yours. So uh, one is people would certainly be surprised and people are always surprised, especially in this Zoom world, this video call world. Um, people are always surprised when they meet me in person after talking to me for years on of video calls at how small I am and how short I'm five, two, I'm actually five, two and three quarters. Um, but, um, people are always surprised at how petite I am because, um, you know, like on video, I probably look like a normal sized person, but I'm just not. Yeah. No, I'm going to second that one. Every time I see you, I'm always, I'm always a little bit surprised and you're usually wearing heels. 
In my mind, you tower over me. Yeah. <laughs> Not true. <laughs> um, I'm pocket-sized. Um, second thing, um, a, a friend of our, a mutual friend of ours, uh, we were talking through some surprising things. And she, she said, well, and I asked her, what, what, what's surprising? And she said um, that you're really strong. <laughs> I kind of laughed at that. Um, but I, I guess I am kind of strong, especially again, for my small size and stature. Um, I've always, um, I, I used to be a long distance runner and the last, I don't know, five or 10 years or so I've picked up weightlifting and we've got a full gym and, you know, squat rack and bench. And, um, that's sort of a hobby that keeps me sane. And I do it with my husband, um, a few days a week. Um, and so, yes, I'm able to lift those big suitcases into the overhead bins, despite being very small. Um, but it's, it's, it's really a hobby. Um, third thing, uh, I guess, um, most people or some people are surprised to learn when I tell them I'm, I'm a lawyer. Okay. I'm a lawyer. People are surprised to learn that I also have a PhD in chemistry. And that's because I didn't know what I wanted to do with my life for a long time. Um, and going to grad school sort of bought me some time. And, um, a funny story. I've told Michelle this, that, um, even though I have a law degree and a PhD, I'm still feel like a disappointment to my own mother. <laughs> I hope she doesn't listen to this. Uh, because I remember the, the day that and she attended my uh, thesis defense. I remember her telling me as a joke, she was laughing, but I know that she was serious. Um, she told me that there's still time to go get a medical degree. It's in her mind, you know, that's the ultimate success. Um, so yeah, so those are three things. That's awesome. And yet you're still a PhD attorney, you're a partner, you're wildly successful in your field. Thank you, Michelle. So um, those were three surprising facts. So maybe we should talk a little bit about why we um, have the authority to talk about intellectual property. Um, We both broke out of the molds that our, our families had for us. And um, Michelle, you didn't talk about your background much, but how did you become a trademark attorney? Yeah. Um, so yeah, you said you, we broke out of the molds. I'm, I'm not the typical, I don't know if there's a typical attorney, but I, I'm the first person in my family to go to and graduate law school. Um, you know, I did my undergrad in, you know, political science and history. Um, I wasn't really sure what I wanted to do. And I always liked to challenge and, you know, the law was appealing to me. I had done some, some, I had some exposure while I was an undergrad. I had, um, interned for a public defender's office. I had worked for a state representative, uh, which really got me addicted to the law, but it wasn't really my niche. I knew that I did not want to do criminal law. Um, I knew I didn't really want to do anything related to, you know, family law or anything like that. And, uh, the cool thing about trademark and copyright law is that it kind of attracts some creative people. And I definitely had that side to me. And you can see my art, like I said before, our colleague, George, um, he's, he's in a, a trademark attorney as well. And he, he dabbles in music in, in, uh, in his free time. Uh, you know, so, so ultimately I decided to go, to go to law school, mostly to, to see what I, 
see if I liked it, make sure I could do it. Um, and I focused on what I thought I wanted to do. I wanted to do something on the more on the business side of things. Uh, I selected my law school because it was known uh, for intellectual property, uh, had a really great program for trademark and copyright. So I went to, um, at the time it was Franklin Pierce Law Center, now UNH School of Law. Um, and as luck would have it, I absolutely fell in love with, with trademark and copyright law. Um, and wasn't quite sure because it's such a niche area. I wasn't really sure how I would end up getting the opportunity to practice. So I spent my last semester of law school uh, externing with uh, Lego in the, their North America headquarters are in Connecticut. So I really lucked out with that. I had a fabulous experience. And um, it's a, kind of a funny story. I ended up at Canner Colburn because I attended a, um, a conference for trademark attorneys. Uh, finishing up my externship with Lego. I went, uh, I was flying out of Hartford uh, and on the same flight as all the Connecticut trademark attorneys and happened to meet uh, our managing partner who said, oh, are you looking for a job? So the ongoing joke is always uh, my first interview was at the airport. Uh, my second interview was in Canada and my final interview was actually in Connecticut. Um, and, you know, from there I've, I've been at the, at the firm for over 15 years. Um, and just, I really, it's just, I love, I love this area of law because it's, it's, um, you know, we get to work with, with creative people. We get to, to really build brands, to protect creative content. Um, and it's, yeah, it's, it's the perfect fit for me. So Tina, uh, your mother expected you to be an MD. So how did you end up as a patent attorney? Um, thanks, Michelle. I, I didn't know that story about the airport story. Uh, that's my first time. That. That's funny. Um, well, I, um, I talked a little bit about it. Um, you know, I, I didn't know what I wanted to do. Um, when I grew up, I, um, went to grad school following my little brother. He said, why don't you go to grad school with me? Um, so I did, and um, I loved it. I had a great experience. I've always been the kid that loves science and math. I still do. Um, but there was something about working on a bench all day, writing grant applications, and the bureaucracy of academia that I, I knew I wouldn't be a good fit for. And um, I met a patent attorney when I was in grad school, and I stayed in touch with him. And he, I'd never heard of patent law before. And in grad school, you only have two paths that they tell you about. It's academia or industry. And um, he introduced me to patent law and he uh, introduced me to some other patent attorneys and I, uh, around Atlanta. And Atlanta actually has a very rich IP community. And so I met and talked to as many patent attorneys as I could. And um, when I was uh, getting close to graduating, um, I, I stayed in touch with um, this partner who is a former uh, partner at my firm now at Canner Colburn. And um, he said, well, if you want to do this, I'll, I'll hire you. And you've got the right background for my practice, uh, but you have to go to law school. So I went uh, straight from uh, defending my thesis to working at Canner Colburn full time as a technical advisor and going to law school at night. And that was it. And um, this is the great is it's the perfect career for me because I 
I have a very, I'm fortunate in that I have a very diverse practice. I, um, I, because of the, the partner that hired me, he had a diverse practice. And so my practice includes both writing and uh, prosecuting or negotiating patent applications, but also uh, supporting litigation. So I get to see, you know, the, on the one side, I get to draft patent applications, but on the other side, I get to see how patent applications, um, you know, become invalidated. I get to see how the litigators critique patents. Um, that's valuable. Um, and so I, I feel like my practice is constantly evolving and every day is something different. And I love getting to talk to scientists and engineers. And so I still get that taste of, of science and engineering that I always loved, but I get to talk about uh, to them about the really cool stuff. And I get to think, talk with them and strategize on their business um, practices and come up with a, you know, high level strategy and really develop relationships with my clients. And that's something that I would have missed as a scientist in either academia or, um, or an industry. And it's funny, Michelle says that the trademark attorneys have, our trademark attorneys are by far more creative. Um, it's, it's just a very different type of IP practice. It's a much cooler type of IP practice. I don't know about that, but <laughs> I remember visiting uh, the trademark attorneys are much cooler than the patent attorneys. I remember visiting. I was just up in um, visiting Michelle and our colleagues in Hartford, and um, we went out to dinner. And uh, we went out um, afterwards, and I remember telling a fellow patent attorney that we were we were with some trademark attorneys that we were going to pretend to be trademark attorneys for the night. We weren't <laughs> going to tell anyone we were actual patent attorneys. Um, so, but, but it's fun. I like Michelle, I, I enjoy my practice. I enjoy my job and I have recently started collaborating with Michelle on lots of different projects, including this uh, podcast. And it's, it's been fun. It really is. I'm so happy that we get to collaborate. And, you know, like you said, you get you, having a diverse practice and getting insight into the, you know, both on the patent prosecution side and litigation side makes you a better attorney. And I think um, the ability, the opportunity to really collaborate with you and, and learning more on the patent side, I think is, is really helpful for me as a, as an IP practitioner, as an intellectual property practitioner. Oh, absolutely. Same here. I've learned a ton from you about trademarks. And we'll continue to learn from you on this podcast. I know this is what I'm most excited about. We yeah. can keep learning um, because yeah, <laughs> we're IP obsessed. Okay. So this is going to conclude uh, the first pilot episode of our podcast. Um, and because we're attorneys, we are going to do our typical disclaimer. And we're going to just let everybody know that this is not legal advice. It's for discussion purposes only. There's no attorney client privilege created. Um, and again, I want to shout out to my our, our colleague and friend George Pelletier for all his help in getting this this podcast off the ground, especially um, putting our creating our intro music. Uh, and I'm again, I'm Tina Dore. I'm the patent attorney of the IP duo. Michelle is the trademark attorney of the IP duo. We'd love to hear your feedback. Uh, if you have topics uh, that you'd like to hear us talk about or, or questions that you'd like us to answer. Uh, please reach out and please follow the IP duo.